in this edition of Hoopsologies in the Lab, Matt and Justin give their extremely early preview of the NBA Finals. We also break down the Spurs win the NBA Draft Lottery, the future of the Los Angeles Lakers, including if LeBron will remain in LA, should the Celtics panic if they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, and a lot more. Please email your questions to hoopsologypod at gmail.com and follow us on all social media platforms. We are a proud member of Underdog Podcast, and now, Hoopsology's in the land. Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology. It is May 25th. I am one half of our dynamic duo here. I am joined, as always, by one of my best friends, Justin Goodrum. Justin, how you doing, man? Doing really well. A rainy day in Denver, but can't complain. How about yourself? Oh, man. I would love to have some of that rain down here. I was, matter of fact, just before we started uh, up on the roof working on my cooler, which is, uh, I, I don't know, it's like you're you're doing work on a frying pan or something when the sun's <laughs> out here, but all good, doing well. Man, it, it has not been that long since you and I last spoke <laughs> on, on current events here, but a lot has gone on. So we're going to talk about the draft lottery today. We're going to talk about the Lakers. We're going to talk about the Celtics and we're going to talk about the most probable finals matchup, although it's not officially final at the time of this recording, but Denver versus Miami seems to be pretty likely here. So we're going to cover a lot today and let's go ahead and kick this off with the draft lottery because this was something that you and I spoke about with several guests. You know, where is Wemby going to go? What is his potential? What does this look like? Well, we got our answer. And on May 17th, Victor Wembenyama looks like he is going to be a San Antonio Spur unless something crazy happens and the Spurs are offered all the great players in the NBA, basically. (laughs) San Antonio wins the number one overall pick, followed by the Charlotte Hornets at number two. (laughs) Charlotte, sorry, guys. Three goes to the Portland Trailblazers. Four goes to the Houston Rockets. Oh, man. Right. And five goes to the Detroit Pistons. Indiana doesn't land a pick until number seven. Um, Orlando might as well say they get the number six pick. And then Washington Wizards at number eight. So, Justin, your thoughts on San Antonio as a landing spot for Victor Wimbanyama. Is this a great situation? Or are you less enthused about this? Um, I think it's a solid situation. I don't know. I felt <clears throat> kind of some indifference by it. I'm not, I, and I think some slight disappointment. I mean, <laughs> just to give you some information, you're probably too much TMI, but um, I watched this at where we had dinner out in Las Vegas at, uh, at Gordon Ramsay's burger. <laughs> and played oh yeah. Nice. Um, so <clears throat> watched it on the screens there. And I was like, oh, all right, he's going to San Antonio. <laughs> so great. I don't know. San Antonio, no offense. I won't go to the extent like Charles Barkley does in disparaging San Antonio, but it's not the most just exciting <laughs> town. Like, I don't know, in the NBA in terms of franchises, it doesn't really get, you know, the excitement going too much. But I will say, if we're just, you know, from a basketball perspective, great learning tree. You know, Tim Duncan's connected there. David Robinson's connected there. Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. And then you have uh, Greg Popovich. So there's a great learning tree for him to develop and learn. 
Um, many foreign players have come through there. Now the question is, there's been, let's be, before being honest, there's been um, not the greatest players recently that have had a great transition there. Notably, DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> if you compare him in San Antonio to him in Chicago, there is no comparison there. Um, so I think that is a question with Victor Wimbiyama. How is he going to adapt in that system? Now, I would say he's been playing professionally. So this is, in my eyes, somebody who's just somebody not lacking professional experience. So I think that plays into his favor to um, accept the coaching of a Greg Popovich. But we'll see. I'm, I'm skeptical at the moment, but great for San Antonio. I mean, they're celebrating in the streets. I don't know if you saw the videos online, but, you know, they're going nuts when they announced their draft orders. So um, good to be a San Antonio Spurs fan these days. They certainly have not had a lot to celebrate of late. That's true. I do echo some of your concerns and i think to a larger point has that culture been lost over the last couple years in that they've been at the bottom of the pack for a while i mean is coach popovich you know still no no disrespect i mean he's arguably the greatest nba coach of all time so i i will set the bar that high but is this at a point now where he he's going to be able to tune things up and all of a sudden become a winner because as we know with young top talent you don't want to wait around and have your stars um start to either develop bad habits or start to get a, a little bit antsy and a little uncertain about the situation so that is one of my biggest question marks in in san antonio and i think they should and it sounds like they will you know, be targeting a lot of veteran free agents to come in next year and yeah. sort of show Victor Wembanyama, Ben Victor Wembanyama, the ropes, so to speak. Um, so I, I do have questions, but obviously we will just have to wait and see on that. Any thoughts about the rest of that draft order? I mean, obviously our condolences to Houston and Detroit, the the bottom of the league that land at fourth and fifth respectively, but any other thoughts about the draft lottery overall? Um, not too much. I think this is a pretty deep draft from all accounts. So I think it's going to be interesting to see <clears throat> which teams jockey for a position. Um, I'm biased, you know, Chicago really leveraged their future for their current roster and they, they paid for it. So mm. they're pretty irrelevant for the next two or three drafts. So it kind of sucked to see them not even have any type of a chance. So uh, just selfishly, that was a bummer. But um, in terms of the rest of the teams, I think not letting Victor, I don't think that's, I don't think it's Victor or nothing. I think there's a lot of other solid players in the draft. So kind of looking forward to seeing how draft day plays out. Yeah, I think the next thing to look for is if any of those trade, any of those teams, especially Houston, I would say, if they trade up to that number two pick no. to try and draft Scoot earlier mm. than other teams. I, I think that's now kind of the big um, drama that's left over, uh, the question that remains for the draft. But we will see that the draft is coming on June 22nd. So if you want to tune into that, that's when that is dropping. Let's talk conference finals. And let's start in the West. We have Get Your Broom Out. After all the parody, after all the competition of the first two rounds, we have a sweep in the Western Conference. Uh, a very entertaining sweep. A very closely contested sweep, oddly enough. But 
a sweep nonetheless, and the Lakers fall victim to the broom. They are out in four games. I want to ask, first and foremost, just your overall impressions on this season in LA. I mean, it one of the greatest roller coaster rides, I would say, in recent NBA history. Do you have if let's say you were a Lakers fan, I mean, do you have yeah. overall positive feelings on this or do you have impending doom feelings with LeBron making retirement comments? And and we'll, we'll touch on that topic in a minute, but keeping focused on the season, what are your, your feelings towards it? Well, I think when you have a big superstar on your team, this is what you sign up for. And especially a superstar like LeBron, similarly to like a Kobe um, you're going to go through this from time to time and with LeBron probably more frequently uh, and being put in my, put in the shoes of a Lakers fan of this season, I would, I, maybe I'm just an internal optimist, but I would feel pretty good about this season, despite being swept Denver is the elite team. Denver finally is at full strength. They're fully experienced. They're playing with arguably the best player on the planet. Um, and through all the roster changes and turmoil, the Lakers were still able to at least make it competitive despite being swept. So I think there's a lot of positives being taken from that. I think the future, there's honestly more question marks with Anthony Davis than there is with LeBron. I mean, if LeBron wants to stay, LeBron stays mostly healthy. I mean, through, I mean, here and there through the regular season, he might be hurt, but I mean, it's rare. I can't remember. I mean, how many seasons has LeBron been like critically injured? I can't really think just of that one either. in LA yeah. that I can think of. Yeah. And part of that might've been just shutting it down to tank yeah. at the end of the year. There you I go. I believe that was his first season <clears throat> in LA. Yeah. yeah. And so with the great thing about LeBron and we're talking about this off air is his game so versatile that, you know, his numbers, you know, let's say, I mean, honestly, I don't think it's con- inconceivable for him to play till he's 50. I don't, I don't think that's impossible. And um, with a lot of these athletes, we've seen with Tom Brady and just, you know, combat sports athletes, retiring is extremely difficult. And I think for LeBron, when they're asking him about his retirement, you know, he's upset. I mean, he, he said himself, he's used to winning championships. I mean, how many times has he been to, to the conference finals? A million times. I mean, that doesn't really get him excited. You know, it's just like, whatever. He's a, he's a competitor. He wants to win. So I get his disappointment. Um, but I think looking at context, Putting it in perspective, I think he'll be pretty happy. Um, my question for him would be, as a long-term future of this franchise, can he have a second like Anthony Davis who is unreliable and mm-hmm. who is injury-prone and really inconsistent? I, I just don't know. Um, I just, I'm pretty just uh, not I don't know, optimistic about Anthony Davis being in his franchise long-term. Yeah, and to that point the whole narrative around LA when Anthony Davis was first brought in was this is going to be your team. I am going to gradually hand this team to you. Do we see at any point in time, a shifting of gears for both of those players? Cause at this point, LeBron is still obviously the, the alpha and the leader yeah. of that team. LeBron's and team. as as generous as LeBron can be on the court and, and a guy that almost always makes the smartest play available. 
it it is still i mean he will be the primary ball handler we saw with russell westbrook that did not work with him being a primary ball handler um but i don't think lebron can win a title now as the 1a i think he's got to be the 1b as incredible as he is and as much credit as i give him for that 40 point game four that he had i mean that was a, a great performance in spite of flaming out in the fourth quarter uh you know and and it would be unfair also to just isolate game four on anthony davis this is a continuous thing and i i don't see clearly the solution so that that's kind of my big question mark i guess and i i just don't know that there's an answer right now that um we can see a way for lebron to downshift uh, because he is so versatile and talented, as you mentioned, that it just seems like the ball and the reliance from the teammates automatically just kind of gets uh, thrown into his lap for him to take care of, you know. So I, I'm not sure where that goes. He's a very, I don't know, what to, what's the word for it? Um, I don't think he has that much perspective when he's trying to suggest players on the roster. I know he'll, he'll say, oh, I don't suggest players. That's the... GM and that's the owner's decision. That's that's a lie. LeBron has clear influence. And we've seen it even with Cleveland, the Heat. I mean, the guys that he had on there, they weren't spring chickens exactly, right? <laughs> These weren't like, you know, younger players. And so I think for the first time through the trade with Rui Hachimura and then Austin Reese, these are future pieces that you can build around. Um, like you were saying, Matt, they need – you know, a younger superstar and not Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I mean, we just, we just don't know. I mean, separate. I mean, let's just rule out just his off the court shenanigans, his past track record. I mean, Kyrie Irving's older as well. I mean, if you're looking towards the future, you would think that'd be more of a priority as compared to being a superstar. But I think LeBron just wants that. Just, I want the superstar now and it's let me just win the title now. And I just don't know if that's going to bear fruit. I don't know if that's a, why strategy we've seen that fail over the years so we'll see um i don't i just think that press conference was just him in the moment just being devastated i mean he i, I think he is kind of a sore loser um mm. he, can, he, he takes it a little bit personal but you know that shows how competitive he is i don't think that's necessarily well, a bad thing so he's had so much success i, yeah. I don't blame him for having a high bar like like no, you mentioned earlier yeah. so let's get this out of the way let me ask you just point blank percent chance lebron retires and does not play next season uh five percent chance and then zero percent chance that is real <laughs> <laughs> gotcha yeah i i'm with you i i would say maybe one to two percent chance he retires i mean he had a great season made history i agree with you when you said he could play to 45 and, and maybe maybe even beyond depending on how he's able to um continue to improve that jump shot if, if he can get a a more consistent outside jump shot and and be like a spot-up shooter i mean there's no doubt in my mind he'll play till he's 45 if he wants to yeah. um with off-season priorities Lakers sign Austin Reeves, yes or yes? I think so. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it will be interesting. I, I think this off season and we can save this discussion for later because it's, it's coming, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't know that the Lakers are this amazing free agency destination as currently constructed right now. There's not going to be a lot of mobility for them with Austin Reeves getting a pay raise. So I think we're going to have to have a lot of veterans willing to take the minimum to come there. But let's look now at the Eastern Conference side of things. This is a series that is still ongoing, but um, the Celtics and the Heat, the Heat just came in first three games. I mean, first two games, let's emphasize, were in Boston, and the Heat just come in there and, and basically straight up punch the Celtics in the mouth. Like completely shocked me. I, I thought it, there may be a chance the Heat get one out of the first two games. I did not pick the Heat to win this series. Um, the Celtics, I still believe, are the better team on paper, aside from the coaching side of things, as as you and I mentioned in our preview. But win the third game in Miami as well. When you're expecting the Celtics to bounce back and fight for their lives, they don't. That happens in game four, which just happened this past Tuesday. What do you see? I guess, first, let me ask you this percent chance of the Celtics making history and coming back from a 3-0 deficit. Uh, 15% chance. That might be pretty high. Um, Tatum and Brown, Tatum and Brown are elite players. I mean, I like the Celtics as they're currently constructed and the heat, they do have some flaws, but at the same time, I think the inside NBA guys hit it straight. I just, in watching this team, they take some of this ridiculous three pointers. I mean, Mm. I don't, I'm like, just seeing how they shoot. I'm like, what is happening here? I mean, for people that, you know, criticize three point shooting in the NBA, nowadays when the Celtics can't hit shots I mean they're kind of the poster team for that because they just take Mm. some like ridiculous shots and for Tatum and Brown to be super talented for some of the shots they take I think it's ridiculous (laughs) um and I think for me there's really I think three guys maybe four five that could take you know your kind of I don't know what you're called splash zone three-pointers that's Steph Curry Damian Lillard Trey Young Kevin Durant and maybe LeBron when he's on fire I mean to me with Tatum and Brown I think they're way better players and it's a jack of threes and I think that when the three ball's not falling that seeps over to the defensive side of the basketball and they just sometimes I don't know they they don't it's really disappointing for an elite team like this compared to Denver. Um, I, I think with the Celtics, this is this is really disappointing. And they, they have the way they're constructed. I I can't say the the players on there are inferior. You're right, Matt. In terms of roster construction, I Celtics are better. Um, and I think it it comes down to coaching. And you have to question Tatum and Brown at this point. I mean, for the Heat just to basically. <laughs> outplay them as they have so far. Um, other than I think there's a lot of question marks with, with this franchise moving forward. I mean, you never know. 
Boston has the magic. We look at their baseball team. I mean, they pulled it off um, against the Yankees, different sport, but you never know. But at the same time, um, they, they put themselves in quite the hole to say the least. And I don't like their chances. Yeah. And it's interesting because all the, well, not all, but a lot of the conversation leading into the Celtics seemingly impending off season here is do you keep Brown and Tatum together? And my answer on that, ever since the Celtics made the finals last year, I should say, is given the success that they've had in the last five years, even if this season ends in a conference championship, I don't know that I want to split those guys up, even with the amount of money that they'll be demanding. Because even if you tell me, like having Tatum and Brown guarantees that we're at minimum in the second round, but also maybe high likely chance if we get a couple of veterans, we're in the conference finals each year. I mean, sign me up for that, even if we don't end up winning a title. And I do think these guys being in their only their mid twenties have a real chance where if you sign them, you lock them both up for the next three years under contract and they both hit 27, 28 at the same time. Seems to me you're going to get a title one out of the next five years at minimum. I mean, of course, there's a lot of volatility with that. It's no guarantee. That's how it always is in the NBA. So if you have that talent, I I think you lock it down. That's where I see things as very sure and almost certain, and, and I'm almost not worried for the Celtics there. You you have an opportunity where you don't have a coaching conference uh, a coaching uh, controversy is what I'm going for there. And I, I think, you know, your ceiling increases exponentially because you, you come in with a full off season next year. I, I guess I, I always tend to lean into like, Hey guys, don't panic. You made it to the conference finals and you, you basically had no time to put together a coaching staff this off season. Well, I'm in agreement with you, but look at the NBA so far, look at the, how many coaches are available. There's been nothing True. but panic. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's going to be panic in the off season. And, you know, we heard, I don't know if you, you probably heard about, you know, the story that leaked about a lot of the Celtics organization being unhappy about Ime Udoka being let go mm-hmm. and, you know, him almost getting the Brooklyn job. You know, a lot of players seem to be not cool with that. That seems to be very inopportune timing when you're trying to go back to the NBA finals again. So there's a lot of this weirdness with this team despite right. their performance. And I, I'm in agreement. I don't think – to me, I think a lot of this – I think overreaction that a lot of these teams have been doing I think is pretty foolish at this point. Just yeah. <laughs> being a fan of the Bulls, <laughs> just like what mm. their roster has been doing and what how they've basically leveraged their future on one guy, which has been Lonzo Ball, and he's been hurt. And now it's just – it's just turning into a doomsday scenario. Like – I would kill for the Bulls to make it to the conference finals every year. <laughs> like, I think that's a pretty great existence to have and just, you know, retooling and this, you know, finding one or two players maybe to get over the hump. I think that's awesome. Um, so I think for the Celtics, the question is, do you panic or do you just show some patience? And we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously with a major contract potentially coming, like Jalen Brown will – uh, will earn based mm-hmm. on his all NBA performance. You know, there, there are going to be some major roster changes. Um, and 
there's going to be some major coaching changes. I think either way, I don't, I don't think Joe Missoula stays the head coach, unfortunately for him. Cause I, I do think it's a really tough situation that he took over is almost kind of uh, doomed to fail given how quickly it was put together and how they had to pivot. Uh, but having said that, I, I think you're so far ahead of 90%, maybe at least 80% of NBA teams in that you have that foundation of two elite wing players and versatile players in, in the NBA. So I don't know if, if you Celtics fans out there are doom and gloom right now, I would just say, you know, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. You guys are going to be back in the playoffs next year. I, Agreed. I think competing, I, I would almost guarantee. And if you do end up signing and trading Jalen Brown or whatever comes of that, I still think Tatum has been amazing and you've still got your future um, in pretty bright lights there. But we'll see what happens as always. I don't want to spend any more time on the Celtics. I want to get into an amazing performance on, on both sides here. I mean, just to quickly sum it up and we'll talk more about their seasons as we get into finals play, but obviously a historic run by the Miami heat looking to be, you and I would agree 85% chance at least that they make the finals and are the second eight seed in NBA history to go to the NBA finals. Um, the 99 Knicks, of course, being the other one. So incredible season, I think, cements Coach Spolstra as maybe the greatest active coach right now in the NBA. I'm not talking overall legacy-wise, because I think Popovich has that, but recent history, strategy-wise, I think you got to give it to Coach Spolstra for what he's doing in the NBA playoffs, this NBA playoffs, and this amazing run that they've had. There's been a lot of luck on their side too, but that stuff you can't control. The stuff they've had to control, they've done it so well. On the other side of this, their last six matchups against the Denver Nuggets, they've lost. And at a certain point in time, this miracle run might run out. The 99 New York Knicks lost to the San Antonio Spurs. And it does feel like Denver is a team of destiny with how they put down the Los Angeles Lakers, um, whether it was on their home court, which Denver is rocking right now. You and I have talked about how that home court isn't always necessarily the greatest home court advantage. Man, Phoenix series and on, it's it's been pretty lit in Denver. And shout out to uh, Kyle Speller, the PA announcer there. Been cool hearing him. Uh, over the broadcast. It's true. Uh, shouting out and getting the fans hype there. Um, tell me, Justin, how are you feeling about the Nuggets? How impressed are you with both Jokic and this team as a whole? Um, super impressed. And finally, it's good just to see that a cohesive unit when I have a deal with the injuries, you know, yeah. and I have to deal with like, you know, Jim um, Murray being injured or Porter Jr. being hurt or just other questions with this roster because they're really seeing them in person. They they seem like a title contender when we've, I think, would be to fruition. And they're a really entertaining team to watch. I, I think just because of what's gone down with that team recently, they kind of get the Spurs kind of 
glaze over them, but they're a fun team. I mean, you're missing out if you don't like to watching this, uh, the Denver Nuggets play. Um, I think in terms of <clears throat> Jokic, I think he's been incredible. I mean, you just, you saw the three he hit. <laughs> um, I think it was oh. over the – yeah, incredible shot. So he's coming in, into fruition here. Uh, Michael Malone really got his teams believing. If you see the press conference footage and just them in the locker room, just they seem like a complete um, cohesive unit on the same page. Um, I don't. I don't want to spoil. Maybe you're not just <clears throat> heading into the finals. I, I don't see how the Heat can beat them, but I, I do think the Heat can maybe steal a game or two. I think that's yeah. pretty reasonable. But at the end of the day, I, I do think, barring some kind of a miracle, um, I think the the Denver Nuggets are going to be the NBA champions. I agree with that. And I'll ask you your prediction in a minute on that. I, I do want to also piggyback on what you just said and say that one of the things that is so awesome about this Nuggets, I mean, everyone talks about Jokic and that's warranted because he's incredible. Nobody would disagree with that. Another thing that is so gratifying, I think, is seeing that bubble Jamal Murray wasn't yep. like the only Jamal Murray. Like this guy is legitimately a great, you know, I, I don't mean this condescendingly, but a great sidekick and a great partner for Jokic. And same thing with Michael Porter Jr. We had talks in the beginning of the season with some of the DNVR squad, shout out to those guys with, with Brendan Vote about, you know, what do you make of this contract, <laughs> this massive contract that MPJ signed? So to see him come out defensively the way he has this postseason, to avoid the injury bug, knock on wood, that that keeps up, of course, and to just be fearless in his three-point shooting, I think is so rewarding in, in following this team, which you and I, them being our regional team, and especially for you, um, being in Denver area, you know, it's it's just so awesome to watch all the pieces come together, all the puzzle pieces come together. Um, and... So now let's go into our our predictions here. I think you you mentioned um I, I mean you and I both favor the Nuggets. So so that's going to be our pick here obviously. Um I think in terms of offensively you have to give the advantage to the Nuggets. I think defensively as well. They're a little less banged up. Maybe you have a little more versatility with Bam out of bio. But defensively, I see it as a draw at best for the Heat. But probably Denver just having a deeper bench at this point. I, I see them, you know, and you have like Struess and Robinson out on the court at, at certain points in time. Or like Kevin Love and either of those players. Not great defensive players. But Spolstra is able to scheme, scheme so well. And so I guess there's also an experience element that I think plays well for the Miami Heat in terms of where this team has been in the playoffs in the past. Obviously, the finals uh, second place finishers in 2020 losing to the Lakers. But aside from experience and coaching, I, I think all other advantages, including just overall talent and best player in this series, goes to the Nuggets. So I'll, I'll throw out my pick first. And I, I do think 
Denver, and I'm assuming the Heat still playing, they're going to come into this more fatigued as well. So I'm going to pick Denver in five for the finals. How do you see this shaking out, Justin? Stole my thunder, Denver in five. I <laughs> thought bad. about six. No, 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 you're good. I thought, do I want to give them the heat? I always feel like I'm disrespecting them, but I just think Denver is clearly just the elite team in this league this year. Um, and out of respect, give the heat one game, but I, I don't think they can pull off anymore. Yeah, I think unfortunately for the heat we're probably going to be seeing that meme of jimmy butler like bent over exhausted in the bubble finals again yeah and credit to him man i mean you know people are going to laugh about that or whatever but it's been Jokic and butler that have been the best players in the entire playoffs and that makes me just so glad as a basketball fan that they are meeting in the finals. And I could care less if that draws less ratings than Lakers versus Celtics, because at this point in time, I mean, I really just would not want to watch those teams as much in the finals in spite of the mega brands behind them. I mean, I mean, I want to see the elite peak competition and that's what we're getting. If we get Denver versus Miami, I think Denver versus Boston, maybe is more compelling in a matchup sense because the Celtics, like we said, the deeper on paper and more talented on paper, I still would pick Denver at this point in time to beat the Celtics. I would just see it going six or seven games instead of five games. Like I'm predicting against Miami, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Denver just handles this. I think the, the momentum carries over. And, and I think now that Jokic makes the finals, that gives like an extra push and extra effort. I don't think he's going to have any, any like blow up type situations or, or like technical situations or pushing Marcus Morris type situations or, or things like that, that'll potentially get in the way of a title. I, I think they're locked in and they're a team of destiny. No, agreed. Completely concur. Anything else to touch on before we call it good here? Um, I don't think so. Just check out our past interviews, plenty of evergreen content in our just Hoopsology podcast library, both on YouTube and on your favorite podcast feed over this past season. Just uh, enjoy our discussions on NIL or our public address announcers or anything else. Just please check out our archives. Absolutely. And we still have several interviews that I'm really excited yeah. for you guys to hear, including uh, a legendary figure in the sport of basketball. So really excited for you guys to see that. I'll just put that out as a little tease here that will be coming down the feed um, in, in the next couple of weeks here, but stay with us. If you made it this far, we appreciate you listening and supporting the show. Give us a like, give us a comment, share, Always happy to hear your guys' thoughts and uh, interact with you guys about all these topics. So appreciate you and your support. You guys take care. Enjoy the remainder of the Eastern Conference Finals and then the NBA Finals, which starts on June 1st. Until then, until our next In the Lab, for Justin Goodrum, I'm Matt Thomas. Peace out. Hoopsology Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. 
who is the best, as you know, in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Hoopsology at Manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived and all man is a game changer. A huge shout out goes to Manscaped for hooking Matt and I up with the Performance Package. Inside this package, you'll find a lot of useful items. You'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer that you've probably heard of before. You'll also find their new weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. You'll find crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner. Don't sleep on those products, gentlemen. Performance boxer briefs and a travel bag. And for my bearded brethren, and I know there are a lot of you out there, be sure to check out the new Beard Hedger, which is a tool that makes managing your beard so much easier. 20 different instantly adjustable length options, no more messing with multiple clips with your trimmer. It's a really slick and ingenious product. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Hoopsology. That's H-O-O-P-S-O-L-O-G-Y at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Hoopsology. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We thank Manscaped for supporting the show.